0: The race to 5G is a race. America must win. I do think that the security of our telecom networks is paramount, especially as we emerge into a 5G environment. And do you want the the Chinese networks with Huawei gear touching your personal data? I know I don't.
1: 5G technology is the future, and the future has arrived. You're listening to the 5 on 5G podcast, brought to you by 5G Action Now.
0: I am Ian Pryor, and you are listening to the 5 on 5G podcast, brought to you by 5G Action Now. It is our goal to bring listeners informative discussions with top policymakers and influencers in the 5G space. Today, our guest is Diane Ronaldo of Beacon Global Strategies. Diane is one of the country's leading authorities on 5G, telecommunications, supply chain security, privacy, and internet governance. Prior to joining Beacon, Diane served as acting administrator of NTIA, and Acting Assistant Secretary of Commerce for Communications and Information. During her time at NTIA, Ms. Rinaldo's directed the administration's efforts on privacy, testified in the House of Representatives and Senate on 5G and internet security issues, and served as Principal Advisor for the White House and Congress on 5G and supply chain. Diane, thanks for joining us today.
1: Hi, Anne, it's great to be here.
0: So can you tell me a little bit about the Open RAN Policy Coalition?
1: Absolutely. So I serve as the Executive Director of the Open RAN Policy Coalition. It is a coalition of 56 global countries that not only span the globe, but also the mobile ecosystem. We have carriers, vendors, hyperscalers. We even have the cell tower providers. We've all come together to talk about how do we move forward and ensure a more robust and diverse supply chain. And what we talk about is, and there's a lot of Concern with policymakers over the years on ensuring a more robust and diverse supply chain. Concerns about Huawei, ZTE, and the question, if not them, then who? So what we discuss is how you can standardize the interfaces between the subcomponents of the radio access network. And what that looks like is between the radio, the software, and the hardware, if you're able to standardize the interfaces or the ports, you can mix and match. Whereas before it was a closed and proprietary system, i think of it as the old stereo systems that we all received as kids that all came in a box at christmas time you had your speakers and your cd player and everything connected in back but if you wanted to take out the current cd player and put in a new one you couldn't because it didn't match with the system this is how the current vendor networks work it's all closed and you can't mix and match the subcomponent parts and it really inhibits entry to the marketplace And what we've seen in the telecommunications sector is a lack of venture capital money because the barrier for entry is so high so if you're able to break down those barriers standardize the interfaces and then a carrier can actually choose to build out the network that best suits them they can put in the radio the software the hardware as they best see fit and what we really see is driving competition in this space which is going to lead to more innovation which is going to drop down prices at the end of the day so we started this effort in May, and it has exceeded our wildest expectations. When we first kicked off, we were thinking just domestically, but as we've moved along, we realized that this is global impact. So we have actually turned a good portion of our focus in discussions with foreign policy makers on how all countries can come together to figure out the best path forward, ensuring we all have a safe and secure supply chain.
0: Where do we stand on 5G deployment domestically?
1: It's a great question so currently as we talk today 75 percent americans have 5g coverage you have samsung that introduced a 5g compatible phone earlier this year you have apple that announced that they're releasing their phone next month so all these components are coming together it's like a fine-tuned dance where you there's a handful of companies that everyone knows the atts the verizons the samsung's the apples of the world but it's actually Uh, thousand companies that need to come together in order to make deployment a reality. It's the Qualcoms, it's the the Nokias of the world that also need to ensure that they are participating in this build-out domestically. And people think of 5G as a one static phenomenon and it's not. It's a myriad of technological deployments. You have three major carriers, you have DISH coming online with their nationwide network. So as I said, we stand at 75% deployment today and more and more Cities around the country are coming online every day.
0: And now with the C-band auction scheduled for this December, how will that improve 5G deployment in the United States?
1: Absolutely. So as new bands come online, it's only going to increase capacity. And that's what we need. You'll see that 5G is available, as I said, for 75%. But with new bands coming online, it's going to increase capacity. It's going to allow the next new... As we saw in 4G, the app economy build out. So it's gonna allow for that next new thing that we haven't even thought of yet. You hear about the autonomous vehicles, you hear about smart manufacturing, smart cities. It is going to allow for that to flourish as well as new technologies we haven't even thought of yet. So it's a great, as I said, dance that all comes together in order to create this new economic powerhouse that 5G will provide for us.
0: And can you explain a little bit about what the C-band is?
1: Sure, so the C-band is mid-band spectrum. And mid-band spectrum is what what you need in order to power 5G. With the 5G build-out, you need low band, mid-band, and millimeter. Mid-band provides for that increased capacity, as well as it's going to be able to uh, perpetuate through distance. So it's really the top of the the cake that powers 5G. In this making more spectrum available, Chairman Pai, the FCC commissioners have done a phenomenal job of ensuring that we are able to make more spectrum available, which is going to power the next generation deployment of 5G.
0: There's been comparisons to the race to 5G to like the space race or even going further back into the highway system or railroads in the 19th century, is it going to have that kind of impact on our economy?
1: So I will say 5G is going to be the most significant jump since we've had 3G, which brought us the smartphone. So 3G brought the smartphone, 4G powered that smartphone. 5G is that leap ahead technology. 5G is going to be the internet of everything. I always say when I started NTIA on my first day, you send out that note to everyone saying, hey, I'm here. Here's my new email and number. Let me know um, if you need anything. And a former colleague who worked in the energy sector wrote back and said, I appreciate hearing that you're doing well. I really don't do tech telecom work. Well, at the time, 2018, if you don't think of yourself as a tech company, you're already 10 years behind. Everyone's a tech company. In 2018, 2019 and 2020. So we need more capacity, we need networks that are going to stand the test of time. And as we sit here during COVID that we've seen more than anything is that we are so reliant on our connections in order to do our jobs to be able to connect with our families. And so that's only going to increase over time.
0: So now recently several countries have nixed arrangements or potential arrangements with Huawei for building out their 5G network infrastructure. What is the importance of this development, do you think?
1: Absolutely. Policymakers for some time now have been concerned about who we use to build out our infrastructure and our telecommunications networks. So the idea that countries have come together and discussed the best way and how we choose a trusted vendor has become an increasingly important part of our country's national security as well as our economic security. I think as a former policymaker at NTIA, my biggest concern from the Department of Commerce economic lens is that you wake up one day and you only have one player in the market, then what? So that's why competition is so important in this conversation. If not them, then who? How do we drive more competition? How do we ensure a robust supply chain moving forward? In countries all over the world, they want to make smart decisions based on security, but they also want to know that their networks are going to function, that they're going to stand the test of time. And so that's why you have companies like IBM, Cisco that are, that are engaging in this conversation. These are time tested companies that are working on how to best move forward with next generation networks, such as using an open RAN concept.
0: Now, obviously, we we have an election on Tuesday. We're either going to get four more years of a Trump administration or four years of a a Biden administration. What would you say to either the the Trump administration or a potential Biden administration as to policies for the next four years that will really take the 5G race into overdrive and help us win that race with China?
1: So 5G is going to be won by the country that supports the marketplace supports the competitive edge. We've led at 3G, we've led at 4G, and we're leading at 5G. And we just can't stop what we're doing. We need to double down on the innovation that this country has been able to produce. We need to work with our allies around the world to ensure that developing nations are also making smart choices on how they choose to move forward with their telecom decisions. So I would, no matter who's in the White House come um, January, I have confidence that this is an issue that has bipartisan support, Republicans and Democrats feel very strongly about ensuring that the United States continues on our innovative edge and that we are able to not only build out 5G safely and securely, but that we have that on the other side, who's going to build that new best thing because we have the capacity to do. I'm
0: hoping to, you mentioned Chairman Pai and the the great job he and the FCC has done. And I'm hoping to lure Chairman Pai onto the podcast with enough um, sports talk that he'll come on with um, (laughs) his his Reese's Cup and and boast about the Kansas City Chiefs. But I heard you went to a Super Bowl. Which one did you go to?
1: Uh, Packers-Steelers.
0: Okay, so I went to, and and that's interesting because this is related to 5G. I went to, I think the one the next year, and I was on my phone and I couldn't get any service. (laughs) And that's an example I like to use when we talk about 5G and how you're not gonna have that problem anymore when you're in a a stadium filled with 80,000 people and you wanna text your friends or look up what's going on, the statistics, because you're gonna have the ability to do that and you're not gonna be crowded out or shut down based on all the people currently trying to use their network.
1: No, that's absolutely right. The best way to look at this is that you're gonna take that two-lane highway we're currently on and you're gonna blow it out to a hundred lanes. The capacity is going to be amazing.
0: Great. Diane, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We really appreciated it and and hope to have you back in the new year.
1: Thanks, Dan. Great to be with you.
0: Uh, And thanks so much for listening. We'll talk again. The end.